Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Loveline is meant for an adult audience. Loveline may contain sexually oriented content. Listener discretion is advised. Loveline with Dr. Chris starts. Three, two, one. Now. All right. Happy Wednesday. We are back. Hope you are getting through the week on a lot of self-care, which these days means, you know, engaging in different things that make you feel better and nourished, not that make you feel bad or worse. Oh boy. Hope you're also following all the, all the local laws, which I know is getting kind of funky. I'm sitting here looking at an article and it's very confusing because, you know, there's state laws uh, where right now, you know, Governor Newsom, just for example, here in California, has still uh, still has the shelter in place law in effect. So people are not supposed to be gathering in public. But then there's counties here in L.A. that are defying it. And you see those photos, um, different cities. I'm looking at photos from Northern California, and they're gearing up to allow businesses to reopen on Monday. And there's another county on Friday that allowed businesses, schools, and churches to reopen as long as people remain six feet apart. Everyone has a lot of different opinions on that. I think I can't really weigh in on the medical aspects. I'm not aware of the numbers in different counties. Uh, I'm not aware of the access to uh, testing in those counties. So I can't really weigh in on that. But it's definitely something I think I, I hope that we're all taking very seriously because remember, everything you do right now impacts those around you as well. Uh, I saw something though that I thought we could go through, which I think is really, really great. And it's about COVID risk. And it talks about the very different levels of strictness and what kind of comes out of that. So they're saying for people that are very strict, they have zero risk. And we should all be assessing our risk, our risk for ourselves in terms of our health, but also our risk on others, right? Because we need to develop more of a collective consciousness. So if you're being very strict and you are staying within your home, you are maintaining six feet of distance, you are having no contact with anyone from outside, and you are following proper wiping down protocol, you are a risk tolerance of zero. And um, I think that's phenomenal. Then someone who's a risk level one, is someone who leaves for essentials, but while doing so keeps six feet of distance, hand washes when they touch anything, wears masks outside, and does not socialize outside of that. That would That's what I'm doing. I'm a, I'm a level one. So there's a low risk, but a little bit. Uh, a little more of a risk, a level two, is someone who leaves the house for work or groceries, socializes with others, but keeps six feet of distance. I'm, I'm seeing a lot more of those people where they're letting people come over, going out to see people, but keeping six feet of distance while seeing them. Uh, this is also someone who exercises outdoors, but in low density areas, but has no intimacy or touch. 
and maybe shops once a week or less. So that's someone who's a risk level two. Someone who's starting to get a little more risky, and again, this is also something you can use to talk to loved ones and family members that you are cohabitating with because their risk level impacts you. So someone who's hit in the middle, uh, getting a little iffy there, someone who socializes less than 10 feet but about six feet with others, they, they do socialize with others closer than six feet at times. They do go outside um, and intimacy or touch there is some intimacy or touch there. So they are engaging with others. That might be someone who's dating someone and will go to their home, will cuddle with them, then come back to their uh, where they live and there's other people around there. They're becoming a higher risk. The next level of risk, and there's two more, and I think this is, again, worth going through, is someone who regularly socializes, does not regard any social distance parameters at all, does not use a mask, and goes out regularly. They're they're pretty high risk. And then the highest risk of all is a person who takes no precautions, doesn't wash their hand, um, is not concerned about infection, and might even already be infected. And that's some of the people we're seeing at some of these churches where they're going out, not wearing masks, holding hands, hugging people, um, even saw some of that people at the beaches where they're laying next to each other, on each other, close to each other, handing food back and forth. I mean, that's a highest risk. And again, it's not just what level of risk are you willing to put yourself at, but um, you're impacting those around you that you're touching when you go from space to space, or more importantly, if you're cohabitating with others, when you return home and you're both sitting on the same couch, using the same faucet, touching the same doorknobs or handles to the cabinets or refrigerator. So it's really something you definitely want to weigh in on and consider. Uh, I give everyone full support to sit down those at their cohabitating with and assess their level of risk and remind them that they're putting you at risk. And unfortunately, that's going to lead to some people maybe thinking they shouldn't be cohabitating with these individuals. But again, you know, the curve's been flattened. um, And that's not about safety as much as that's about capacity for the hospitals to really take in those that are affected because the numbers are rising. We looked at Georgia, which had opened, I think, what is it, two weeks ago now? And the numbers spiked again, understandably so. So it doesn't mean we're out of the woods. It just means that the healthcare system is better able to help you, but we're still stressing it and overloading it. It's quite exhausting. Um, I really do wish we were all taking this a little bit more seriously, but so it is. And that's kind of the impact that that has on all of us. Um, hope you're watching my show. I'm listening. Stay connected. It's on all the radio.com handles, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. It's a nightly show, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard, 8 p.m. Eastern. Guesperts, uh, guesperts, celebrities and experts talking about mental health. Because what we're really trying to do is normalize discussing mental health, getting people to check in with themselves, check in with other people, uh, get comfortable talking about it, thinking about it, and even asking and hearing about it. Because we want us, we want our loved ones and friends to be able to come to us and us to go to them to talk about our mental health struggles. So it's an important thing. Coming up next, though, we're going to talk about the qualities of a healthy relationship. Yeah, put together a beautiful list. It's rooted in this massive interpersonal biological theory called attachment theory. And it's all the things that we should look for in our partners. But more importantly, the things we ourselves should be trying to create with those around us. Listen to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and on radio.com. Loveline with Dr. Chris. On Channel Q. All right, we're back. Now it's time to talk about relationships. Now, I'm going to be going through some qualities that, and I put this out on my social media, that we want to use as a barometer for how healthy we are as a partner and also how how healthy our partner is for us. So again, this isn't supposed to be a tool that's weaponized and to be used against your partner and to hold it up and say, you don't do these things. This is for us to first use to check in on ourselves. Am I doing these things? Where am I and where am I not? 
where can I do more of this? And you start there. That's where mental health comes in. We start first with looking at our own behavior because relationships are a feedback loop and our partner's responding to how we're showing up and we help create the health of the relationship. And so if we work on being better and healthier, that will definitely improve our partner's health because they'll be responding to someone healthier and more loving. But it's also something you can sit down with and say to your partner, this is the plan. This is the goal. These are, this is the vision of what I want us to build together. Are you on board with that? And then maybe they will be willing to take a look at it. But I do work with some people or I get people in my DMs or on social media that are trying to assess whether or not they want to stay in something. And I'll, I'll say, these are the things you want to look for. And if they're not there and it's something that your partner is not willing to do, then maybe it's not quite the right relationship for you. Um, these are really beautiful qualities. And a lot of these are really rooted in what we call attachment theory. And that's the things necessary uh, for us to feel safe, cared for and loved in a relationship, but also the um, things that we need. So let's go through it. The first one is my two favorite terms these days, care and compassion. There are some relationships where they're rooted in anger and resentment, and it's not about care and compassion. They don't think lovingly of their partner. They don't make decisions in service of their partner. And that's the number one foundational thing you should seek and try to build. If you are constantly thinking ill of your partner, um, talking ill of them, is care compassion available? Can you create that? If not, it might be time to exit. Not all relationships meant to go on forever. And you might get to a point where you realize we've taken this as far as we can, but care and compassion should be at least the foundation starting point. So if nothing else, if you work on that, you've done yourself and your relationship a huge service. And by starting to engage in care and compassion towards your partner, they will respond differently because now they're in relationship with someone who's caring and compassionate. Next two are freedom and trust. A lot of people don't understand that relationships are about freedom. Now, I always say this is about being in a relationship with someone you trust. And if you don't trust them, then you either need to exit because you're with someone who's not worthy of trust. And I would never want you to learn how to trust someone who isn't worthy of that, or you need to learn how to trust your partner. But if that's there and please make sure it is there, it's a foundational piece. Then we need to let them have freedom. Let them go live their lives. Relationships should not be about a bunch of rules because that's rooted in either our anxiety or that they're not worthy of trust, but let them live in freedom. See what they do. That will tell you how much they value or don't value the relationship, but we don't get in relationships to be owned or controlled or limited or contained. That's not the point. And if you think that is, ask yourself, why do it then? We don't need to be in a relationship. We choose to be, and we should choose to be in one that's full of care, compassion, freedom, and trust. And if not, then ask yourself, why am I even in this? I don't have to be. Relationships are not something we have to have. And so we should settle and just be happy with what we have. Seek to be the best and have the best. But remember, relationships are plastic and malleable. They can always be fixed and improved. So don't feel like however it is now is how it always needs to be. We can all grow. Also, fun. Yeah, fun. Make your relationship fun. They're supposed to be fun. It breaks my heart when I hear people say things like, oh, you know, golf saved my marriage because my husband's never home. Why even be with them then? If there's something to always, if they are someone or something to always try to get rid of or avoid or limit exposure to, then maybe you shouldn't be in it anymore. Maybe you've grown apart. Maybe it's time to build a new relationship. I mean, the, 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 it's always about renewing or releasing. And you either do all these pieces I'm talking about to renew the relationship and make it better or release it, set yourselves free, go find something else, you know, um, acceptance. Yes. You have to accept your partner for who they are. 
how they are now, not for who you think they could be. It's not okay to ask our partner to change. We can share with them lovingly what we struggle with, and they can decide whether or not that makes sense to them from their best to make some of those changes. But they might not. We might not like the work they do or some of the things they 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 the ways they live. And they're allowed to, and that's okay. They're allowed to let us down and disappoint us. They're allowed to say that's who I am and how I choose to live in the world. And they're allowed to have that hard line. Also, consistency, availability, responsiveness. Yes, that's massive. That's a huge part of being able to build trust and feeling safe as someone who's there when you reach out, someone who's available when you need them, someone who's consistent. Those are huge, importantly, important qualities. So seek that. Make sure you are being a consistent and an available and a responsive partner. Always. That again, remember, we're checking in on ourselves first. And once we do the work on ourselves and look at what happens in the relationship as a result of us working on ourselves, then we can assess our partners. Also empowering. Our relationships should empower us. They should make us feel better in the world, better as a person, more empowered, right? They shouldn't erode at that. They shouldn't make us feel weaker or smaller or less than. That is not, and you shouldn't be doing that to your partner. Don't make your partner feel smaller or lesser than. Build them up. Speak to the best in them. Tell them how awesome and amazing they are. It should also transform us. Relationships are a mirror being held up, showing us where our work is. When you're upset or you're triggered, that's showing you where you need to grow up. That shows you where your wounds are. Those are for you to heal. Also, we think in terms of we or us. How is this going to impact us? What do we want? It's a shared vision. It's not about I or me. What about me? What do I want? What's in this for me? It's about us and we. Shared vision, shared goals. Uh, roles are fluid, not rooted in gender. It doesn't matter what genitals you have or what your gender presentation is. We all share the same responsibilities or we choose and empowered enough to decide what we're going to do or not to. But there's no expectations upon us as to who will work or who will bring in income or who will do the cleaner who will raise the children based on our gender. We are, we are bigger, more than that. We're healthier than that. And then finally, each person relates from their best, not from our worst in us. We always keep the bar high for our partners and for ourselves. Those are the qualities. Again, first check in on yourself and then in on your partner. It'll improve everything. I promise you. Good luck though. Let me know how it goes. All right. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and on radio.com. Love line. This is Love Line with Dr. Chris. On Channel Q. All right, we're back. And tonight we're talking with Mr. Jay Rodriguez, the OG original Queer Eye and former morning show host. What's going on, Jay? Hey, thanks for having me back, Dr. Chris. I think this is the show I've done the most since my uh, departure from the queue. Well, the bar's high now, boo. You're on the top show on the station, right? I mean, uh-huh, what a gift. That's what a right. Gift. Well, we always love your input. And, you know, I wanted to have you come back on because last time you were on, we were talking yeah. about how social you know, media, sex and dating apps are blowing up. So I wanted to kind of talk more about that, but I also wanted to fold in that I'm watching the news and I'm seeing how spring breakers are still going and doing spring break and white party yeah. happened. Yeah, let me let's let's walk through just the the, the timeline as it uh, pertained to my life. Okay. Last Thursday, exactly one week ago, I have a job at a nightclub where I produce this fun party at Revolver called the Vibe, and it wasn't called off. Now, mind you, I perform above the bar; it's like fifteen feet above patrons, so social distancing for me, <laughs> That's right. but not necessarily for the patrons. Yes. However, when I came down and I was like far enough away to ask you, I was like, "So you weren't nervous to come or whatever?" And they were all like they had this very cavalier attitude that I kind of was like a little bit shocking. And they were basically saying like, no, it's going to happen like uh, to me or not happen to me. Um, but anyway, long story short, uh, they didn't seem to really care. And I thought, I just said, Oh, let me put a pin in that. And then flash forward to, um, 
you know, we start talking when I was home, isolating a little bit more, turn on the social media because, you know, you don't want to be disconnected from society. And I couldn't believe how venomous yeah. people got. And in their feelings, when I was like, well, let's just chat and then, you know, meet up after this all blows over. Everyone seemed to think, and maybe it was the age group, but that this was a moment in time that people were overreacting to. So let's talk about Miami White Party. Oh. That is for the Miami Task Force. I hosted their gala two years ago. So I'm quite familiar with the or charitable organization that these ticket sales benefit. Right. However, when you were talking about a circuit party, which is what that leg of that um, charitable evening And we're talking about thousands was, of thousands of thousands of people. Yes, yes. On the beach, in Miami, sweaty, possibly on some kind of party narcotics, because in circuit culture, that's just a given. And so, so you already know going into it after rules have been put in place for social distancing, that you're throwing an event that sole purpose is about physical touch and being near each other for people who really don't have a hundred percent of their wits about them because they're under the influence of something. And let me point this out in the past uh, 24 hours, there's been a 40% increase in uh positives so things aren't flattening and so when i'm hearing things like the white party and again talk more about it because not only did that happen but people were unwilling to be apologetic about the fact that they might be coming home and putting a multitude of other people at risk that's right. I believe there was someone who was affiliated either with the charity or was a patron of in a big way. And he posted a shirtless picture of himself um, with the party behind him and said, I will not you know, apologize for being there. It was for a charitable organization at the best weekend with my friends while you guys, uh, probably because of your low bank account, but mind you, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said that the people who were uh, trying to, you know, talking about the safety aspects of it all were basically just jealous and that they were, they missed out on a great time and he's not going to apologize to anyone and if he does come back positive that now he knows who to cough on okay so so there's uh classism right Mm -hmm. uh there's also some healthism like congrats on having awesome health care awesome resources but not everyone does and that's what i keep trying to say it's so self-centered to only consider the impact on yourself great i'm glad you're not worried about getting sick but guess what everyone else is and it's spread primarily by touch and it's living on surfaces for multitude of days so all of those thousands of people are now taking that home if they're positive. Right. So flash forward to this weekend in, uh, in Miami. That, I think it was about a week ago. Now we have this week right now and the weekend that we're approaching. Miami uh, obviously is a, a big hot spot for spring break. So people fly from all over the world, if not you know just the U.S., um, to party there. And like I said earlier, with these kind of parties, you're up close and personal. There's certainly not six feet of distance between all you. And the photos that came back were really shocking of people so close. Not only that, the inner Interviews of people who felt this was being, um, and I don't know if it's generational, but I think that is why the media so. has really tried to highlight yeah. the number of new cases that were people who are much younger than originally thought that are coming out of Italy and right here at home. Yeah, it's really heartbreaking. Again, it's the disregard. And that's what I keep trying to harp upon. You know, this isn't forever. And if we're not willing to look out for each other and just stay home and sit on the couch, like, my God. Um, but we, it hasn't even been a week yet. I know. Like, hasn't even been like social distancing, maybe just over a week of social distancing that we've been hearing that term. But really, that's that that's as, that's as far as people's attention span can take them. Or, you know, the idea that, you know, maybe I don't know what I was like when I was younger, but I don't think I had a pandemic like this to worry about. No, so when we had 9-11, but nothing like this. And I would like to think that immediately I had a sense of, oh, my God, this is real. Then again, I'm science and fact based kind of person. You know, well, what's, what's th- what I'm thankful about here in L.A. 
is that they put a shelter in place order that just came in at 5 that's 30 right. p.m that's so right. yes. that's gonna not allow those events to occur but again california's been handling it pretty well we're talking about events yeah. in other states and i wish that their local government and also their governor would step in and handle this differently I mean, what do you think? Um, I mean, you know, you work with people with all mm-hmm. different kinds of personalities all the time, and you know the human psyche. Uh, when you talk about millennials, or you talk about the Z generation or whatever, what, what do you think, what, what will it take? Because the stats and the, you know, the news, everything, the facts are out there, but it doesn't seem to be having much impact. In well, fact, um, what's her face from Lost, Evangeline Lilly or whatever, she sent her kids to gymnastics. I think it was yesterday. Looking, we were last night on the show. We were showing a clip from Vanessa Hudgens, who was making right. jokes drunkenly. Uh, I, I was hoping that more celebrities coming out, that that might somehow make it real, that the NBA yeah. players, a multitude yeah. of them, that that would make it real, state officials, wives, that would make it real. I think that there's an invincibility that comes with being of a younger age. Um, right. Also, for some of them, look, if we want to look at it in a biological way, their prefrontal cortex isn't fully developed, and that's the part of our brain <laughs> that really gives right. us judgment and boundaries mm-hmm. and impulse control. So I'm hoping that there'll be a shift in that. And unfortunately, if that doesn't happen, I'm hoping that the government will swoop in and kind of set those needed boundaries. Uh, Mr. J. Rodriguez, where can people find you? Well, at J.A.I. Rodriguez on all social media platforms. I'm active on all of them. And thank you so much, Dr. Chris here in Loveline. I love having chats with you guys. And hopefully soon it'll be in studio and we'll all be (laughs) talking about how we made it through. Oh, God, I hope so, too. All right, coming up next, we're going to be sliding into those DMs. Listen to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. Loveline with Dr. Chris on channel Q. All right, we're back. It's time to slide into the DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Sliding the DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms. It's a big old sexy world. We want you to explore with confidence. Hi, Dr. Chris. I'm a therapist, and I want to be more social justice-minded. What is your suggestion around hearing clients that say things offhandedly that are, are excuse me, sexually racist, such as, I don't date certain races, et cetera, et cetera, excuse me, or are there problematic things that aren't the actual issue they came in to work on? This is a really interesting and complex question, but I actually value this one. So a few things, you know, as a mental health professional, we have to decide what we deem the definition of mental health to be. And it really is subjective in some form. We don't have a really specified definition. Um, the diagnoses themselves bump into this a little bit, meaning um, we have definitions like narcissism, sociopathy, and these things are all about the devaluing of certain lives and a lack of empathy. And I really do believe that racism, homophobia, any 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 system or prejudice that dehumanizes or minimizes the value of a life, I do believe falls on the narcissism and sociopathy scale. Now we, it's, you know, we are all on those scales though. And it's a matter of how much, like we are all borderline. It's how borderline are we? We are all narcissistic. How narcissistic are we? We are all on the mental illness continuum. And that's why I just kind of call it the normative continuum. And so, yeah, people that say things that target different groups in my mind, that does not fall under the label of mental health. And so I bring it in, not in a judgmental way, but I say, Hey, let me stop you for a second. You know, you just made a comment that implies that you believe certain populations don't have value. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about where that came from. Let's talk about how that doesn't serve you. Let's talk about the impact that that has on other areas of your life, but also on that population themselves. I really do believe that therapists need to be activists as well. 
and our clients do as well. And that's why a lot of the therapy has to be on sending our clients back out into the world to dismantle the very systems, thought processes, and institutions that they're at the mercy of and being oppressed by. Something very empowering that. But as therapists, we have to do the same thing. We cannot think that we are going to cure all of these issues, but more importantly, the causes of these issues, because what brings our clients into our office are symptoms of larger issues. And we can't help change that and dismantle that in 45-minute sessions in our office once a week. We also have to be part of the more macro level dismantling. And that comes in our office when we challenge our clients to be a part of breaking down that system. And so my, my definition of mental health is rooted in things like authenticity and liberation, but very much so also in compassion. And so, yes, I call that out. I work with my clients on that. Um, but my clients somewhat come to expect that, but I, I absolutely fold that in. And I think that's very much an important part of being trauma informed, but also like you said, being social justice minded. I can't, based on my own integrity or ethics, sit around anyone saying violent and oppressive things, whether it's a client, whether it's a family member, whether it's a friend. As an activist, I take that very seriously no matter where I'm located. Uh, Sliding into DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms because it's a big old sex of world. We want you to explore with confidence. Coming up next, we got our buddy from Channel Q, Jared Hill, joining us. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new Channel Q and Radio.com. Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q. All right, we're now going to go to Dr. Jen Mann. Dr. Jen, how are you? Hey, Dr. Chris, how you doing? Good, thanks for being a part of the show. My pleasure, great to see you. You as well. So I always like to ask right off the bat, how right now is your mental health? You know, um, it depends on the moment. I'm only human. Um, you know, the quarantine has been as it has been for many families, a little complicated for us. I have older parents who I have a lot of concerns about. So, you know, it's it's been stressful. I worry a lot about everyone's health, but I'm very grateful that my health is good. My kids are good. My partner is good. My parents are COVID free, even though they have their own health struggles. So that's all good. And I'm especially grateful that I can work with my clients via video and, and all of that. So I'm, I'm very grateful. Oh, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. And what self-care have you been engaging in? I, what's been interesting for me is just seeing some of the new things that emerged that weren't part of my own repertoire in the past. And I've shared some of the stranger ones on the show, but are there any new self-care pieces that have emerged for you that you hadn't been familiar with in the past? Well, there are many things I'm doing for self-care. I mean, one that I was doing before, but now I'm taking it to new levels is, look, I'm obsessed with my Peloton. And I was thrilled when Peloton gave a free 90-day download to people. So you don't need the bike. You don't need the tread. You can take the yoga classes, the stretch. So for me, that's been a huge outlet. Literally this morning, I was on my bike taking a class and later on on the floor taking a class like crying and so that's been an amazing kind of outlet for me. My own personal therapy has been really important for me. Um, also getting to do my work and helping clients has been really so great for my mental health that I get to be there for other people. So I'm very grateful for that. But also the one thing, like I really kind of challenged myself to say like, okay, during all of this, I wanna to learn to do something different that I haven't done before. I want to leave this with a new skill. And I've actually been cooking and baking, which my partner, Eric, has loved. <laughs> and it's been something that literally my whole life, my mother did not cook. My, my parents are songwriters. 
And when my mom got up to win her first Grammy, she literally got up and said, I want to thank my daughter who has grown up on lean cuisine, frozen food. So my mom did not cook. So I, I like her mother cooked and I feel like I'm kind of uh, breaking a cycle and learning some new skills. And that's been kind of cool. No, that's that's actually powerful. I, I was raised very similarly, but unfortunately, yeah. I, I'm 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 perpetuating that by not cooking myself, and so it's just not going to happen in my bloodline. No cooking, but um, I'm you impressed. Know, that's, that's what I was saying for decades, and I just kind of was like, you know, like I feel like this is such a great time to get out of our comfort zone to do things that we've said we're never going to do. And so, like, for me, that was kind of one of those things. And I think also, as a woman, I think you'll understand this because you come from a very feminist perspective in your own work, that I kind of was like, I'm a feminist, so I'm not going to cook. Like, that's traditional kind of stuff. So I really kind of looked at, you know what? Like, this is another way to be self-sufficient. This is another way to be powerful that I kind of reframed it for myself. And I want my daughters to see that, like, you can do anything, like even cook. Like we don't have to get stuck in our ideas about gender stereotypes and what women do and don't do or what men do and don't do. And so for me, it was kind of a cool step to kind of step out of my comfort zone. But are you baking the bread? Because there's like a... I, a- bread. <laughs> I am baking bread. I have pure bread. Wow. And on Saturday night, my partner and I, Eric, we had a date night. And I baked banana matcha bread. I am friends with a woman named Chef Chloe, Chloe Casarelli, who won Cupcake Wars. And she's a vegan. She has these amazing cookbooks. And I always, even though I don't cook, I collect vegan cookbooks. I'm vegan. And I finally opened up. I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to try something. And it was really cool to step out of my comfort zone. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm actually vegan as well. So I can't wait to come over for dinner and eat some of your banana bread when we're allowed out of the home. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about some mental health stuff. Are you seeing anything on social media that's alarming you? I was talking last week about the role drinking was playing in in people's lives and they were starting a little too early for my own comfort and kind of like glamorizing it. What, what, what is making you feel a little uneasy? Well, look, I'm on the same page with you about that. And, and, You know, I was talking to a client recently on a FaceTime session, and we were talking about kind of the use of particularly weed. I see a lot of weed use. Yes, yes. And, you know, look, I am no prude. I've been around the block. I've tried my share of stuff. My parents are in the music business, so, like, you kind of had to, you know? Like, I I grew up in a very open-minded household, and that said... My belief is that it's important to not be using substances to avoid feeling our feelings, to not learn the skills and the tools that we need to learn at a difficult time. You know, like I mentioned before, for me personally, but also as a goal for my clients, I think it's really important that we ask ourselves, how do we want to come out the other side of this? And to me, I want to come out and I aspire to have my clients come out of all of this stronger, with more tools, better equipped, more capable of dealing with stress, dealing with life. So to me, when we are using substances to avoid feeling our feelings or using our tools, it's a problem. 
And I'm all for do a cocktail hour with your friends, have a drink here and there, have a glass of wine with dinner. Like, okay, that's cool. But where I am concerned, and I think similarly to you, is where I see people like, yeah, starting drinking at 11 o'clock or drinking their problems away or using that as a crutch. And to me, that's different than like, hey, here's something I can do on a whole special occasion. Yeah, so beautifully said, especially because it's Mental Health Awareness Month. And it's kind of why I've transitioned out of using the word coping mechanism. And I talk more about self-care, even though there's a little bit maybe of a distinction. But because like you just said, I want people to walk away from whatever they're utilizing, feeling better, at least neutral, but not not, you know, feeling avoidant or burnt out or more exhausted. And I want everyone to come out of this a little rested and healed, not not beat up and worse off. And so I agreed that. Love line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q. All right, we're back and we got Dr. Jen Manthus. We had some questions that came in that I'd love for you to answer with us. Absolutely. I love that. This one asks, every time my partner and I argue, she goes to the most extreme and thinks I'm going to break up with her. How do I help her see that it's okay to disagree sometimes? Well, first of all, I would want to know where that came from. Is this someone who their parents maybe are divorced and they saw them fight and then they broke up? Are they someone who previously were in relationships where their partner always threatened? I want to kind of better understand the partner, I always say when it comes to couples, seek to understand. So I would want to really better understand and talk to your partner at a time when it's not having to say, hey, I've noticed that you always go to the worst case scenario. What is it that makes you feel that way? And what can I do to make you feel safer? So that's not where you go in your own mind. Because there may be something you can provide, whether it is a reassurance of the commitment or maybe a reminder in those moments of disagreement of, hey, babe, I love you. It's okay that we're disagreeing. What, what is the script that can be provided to help you in those moments so that you can help her or him, I think you said her, um, through this? So that's really one thing. And then the other thing is also to make sure, are things escalating so and getting volatile in some way that's making your partner feel that way. So I really want to look at fighting fairly. And I I have a whole chapter in my book, The Relationship Fix, all about fighting fairly to make sure that couples really keep in a healthy mode when they're having disagreements. Oh, beautiful. I want people to put a bookmark in that chapter about fighting fair because, you know, again, I was looking at some of the stats coming out of China having opened up before us and the divorce rate skyrocketing, high rates of domestic violence. Absolutely. You know, a colleague of mine was telling me a story about taking a walk around the block. You know, she put on a mask and a glove and literally went around, you know, a square and told me that in that time period, she heard two separate homes where the couples were screaming at each other so loudly she could hear it from the street. And it really speaks to, we are under enormous stress. And I think that everybody has it hard in different ways. I'm talking to singles who are quarantining in isolation and who are feeling very isolated and lonely. I'm talking to couples who are fighting more than I've ever heard them fight. I'm talking to families where Parents are losing their cool with their kids. Like we know that the rates of child abuse are skyrocketing as well. So, you know, it is such a stressful time. And I think it's really important to look at everything that's happening in that context. Whatever cracks there are in your relationship, you're going to feel them more now. And this is a great opportunity to work on that. You know, it's not just how do you want to end this quarantine yourself individually, but also 
how do you want your relationship to be at the end of this? Bam. You want it to be stronger. You're going to use this to kind of caulk those cracks in the relationship and work on that and develop those tools. Love that. Here's another question that came in. This one asks, is it healthy to have separation anxiety in a relationship? And they put in here, I'm talking about a few hours, yeah. not days. If you're feeling separation anxiety for a few hours, I'm assuming this is maybe someone who is is sheltering in place and maybe their partner works at a hospital and is leaving and coming back. I'm hearing a lot of this. And look, is it normal? I don't know that there is a normal now for people to feel anxiety when their partner leaves and, and comes back. Look, if you were saying like, my partner's going to the other room and I'm feeling anxious, then that's something that's important to look at. If they are leaving and coming back, most people that I speak to are feeling a level of anxiety when their partner leaves and comes back because there's anxiety about the virus. There's anxiety about something happening to them. There, there's a lot of anxiety, free-floating anxiety, because we are all going through a collective trauma together. And it's important to see it that way. But I think if your anxiety is, is at the point where it is hurting your relationship, preventing you from sleeping, preventing you from functioning well, then it's important to talk to a professional. And most therapists at this point are doing teletherapy and telemedicine. So to really to reach out or even call a hotline, if right now cost is an issue, there are a lot of self, of like, um, what do you call peer counselor hotlines that are totally free. Yeah, and I'm such a fan of that right now. That's what I keep saying to individuals as well. Come out of this, having really worked on yourself and your relationship, now is a great time to get into therapy or order some of those books like your own that are you know rooted in self-help and relational help and just kind of do that work. Um, we have one final question. This one asks, I want my boyfriend to stay active with me during this lockdown, but he's accusing me of trying to force him into doing things he doesn't want to do. I'm just trying to look out for his health. Thoughts? Well, this is yeah. a good one. Well, I think you have to be careful you don't get into a power struggle about exercise. And and exercise and fitness can be a very touchy subject, especially with couples, whether it is, hey, I want you to eat what I'm eating and follow this diet or exercise when I exercise. And I think that a lot of the time you can butt heads because it becomes the power struggle, which all relationships have to some degree. So I would say, you know what, do a light invite. Hey, I'm working out now if you want to join me and let it go. And what you have to do is work on enjoying your workouts by yourself and letting your partner find their way. And sometimes when you give a partner the space to come to their own conclusions, sometimes ultimately they find their own thing. They find either their own exercise or they end up joining you. But maybe your partner likes to exercise in a different way or take care of him or herself in a different way. And you got to give them the space and the respect to do that love it let it go let it go let it go space and Stop. respect dr yeah. jen man thank you so much for being a part of our show and it was great to sit with you so great sitting with you too thanks for having me of course be well love line with dr chris on channel q all right y'all time to slide into those dms sliding into the dms sliding the dms is brought to you by our friends at trojan condoms because it's a big old sexy world and we want you to explore with confidence the dms come from our loveline ig page so if you want your dm read on air slide into those dms and give us your question uh, here we go. Hey, Dr. Chris. I've been really overwhelmed lately. I have stress in all the major areas of my life right now. A few nights ago, I couldn't sleep and decided to go for a walk. 
I went into a 24-hour drugstore and I ended up buying a stuffed bunny. Since then, I've been sleeping cuddled up with this stuffed bunny every single night. It's been soothing to have it there, but I'm feeling really embarrassed about it. I have no idea why I would sleep with a stuffed animal as an adult. Do you think there's a sign that there's something wrong with me? So we all find different coping mechanisms. We have this idea in our culture that we should have all the internal resources necessary to deal with whatever happens out in the world. And that's just not possible. We all deal with different levels of stress, anxiety, depression, loneliness, disconnection, small traumas. And so it's understandable that sometimes we need to do different things to cope. And we talk about all the various ways that people cope, whether they go jogging, whether they meditate or they pray or they cook or they get into exercise or they read. And we even talk a lot about things like weighted blankets. Are you familiar with those? That's come up a lot for people with anxiety and weighted blankets have been something that's really helpful for them. And you're just talking about yet another transitional object, you know, something that's a space holder or something that's a long-term coping mechanism. And we shouldn't be using words like childlike or adulthood to determine whether or not something's an appropriate coping mechanism or whether or not something's even just appropriate for us. I think we have to get more rooted in authenticity. And based on who you are and what's happening in your life, this is making sense to you right now. I think it's phenomenal that you have it. And so I'm glad you found something that works. It's no more appropriate to cuddle your dog or a partner or a pillow. A stuffed animal is just another symbolic form of something that helps you soothe your nervous system and sleep better. And whatever works. Some people they wear um, earplugs and those eye cover things. I have a friend that like completely blackens the room, wears eye covers. Whatever you need to do, I always sleep with white noise, whether it's air conditioning or a fan. And some people don't understand or relate to that, but that's what I do. That's what makes me feel comfortable and safe. And that's really what it's about. So love your stuffed animal. Do what you need to do. It doesn't matter. Be better than this cultural idea that as an adult, that shouldn't be something we need anymore. Some people need to sit and eat a pint of Ben and Jerry's to soothe themselves or whatever it is. Do what you need to do. So don't stress over something like that. I often help people try to find whatever it is they need to help soothe themselves. And so you just naturally bumped into something. So yeah, don't worry about it. What's more problem? What's more problematic for me than people that might mock that? That says more about them, right? Um, so anyway, do what you do. You know what I mean? You found something that works for you. So I'm happy you have that. So don't, don't stress about that because it's really about finding authentically and truthful what works for us. So yeah. Um, yeah. DMS slide into our DMS on the love IG page. If you have a question for us, cause that's where these questions come from. Some of you come into my personal DM page and because sadly I'm either at my office or I'm here at the radio station. I'm not always able to answer those. So sometimes I will pull those and that becomes our question of the night. So I always do it anonymously and confidentially. So just know that, <laughs> that that's where these kind of show up. And as always, you can give us a call at one 833 love E one Our show is always is podcasted at wearechannelq.com. So go back and listen to those because sometimes you guys slide into my DMs and you ask me about a certain topic and if we've talked about it and the answer is always yes. Why aren't you listening to the show? And I'm not always able to go back and find them for you. Is there any way for people to find them? We, we log in the podcast kind of a key term sometimes, right? Is that with the with the podcast? Yeah, so... Um, like a search? Preferably on radio.com. If you just... Or radio.com app, you can look up Loveline and it's there. It's also on iTunes and... Uh, and there's like a bio for the episode? Like with a yeah, word? yeah. There's okay. all like all of it is dated, and it has like not only the day of the week, but the date and all the information of who's on the show and what oh, topics cool. are covered. So 
because I've had people ask me about a specific topic and I'm like, I don't know how to go back and find that. So it's in there. So they can do the research. Yep. It's all there. You're all adults. I put the research back on you. Ask me about these specific topics. If there's any topics that you guys want to hear on the show, please let us know because it's all about giving you the show and the information that you're looking to have. So circle back. Uh, I will be back tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. As always, thank you for hanging out with me and y'all be safe. Wash your hands and have an awesome awesome night. All right, y'all. Time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Sliding the DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms because it's a big old sexy world and we want you to explore with confidence. The DMs come from our Loveline IG page, so if you want your DM read on air, slide into those DMs and give us your question. Uh, here we go. Hey, Dr. Chris. I've been really overwhelmed lately. I have stress in all the major areas of my life right now. A few nights ago, I couldn't sleep and decided to go for a walk. I went into a 24-hour drugstore and I ended up buying a stuffed bunny. Since then, I've been sleeping cuddled up with this stuffed bunny every single night. It's been soothing to have it there, but I'm feeling really embarrassed about it. I have no idea why I would sleep with a stuffed animal as an adult. Do you think there's a sign that there's something wrong with me? So we all find different coping mechanisms. We have this idea in our culture that we should have all the internal resources necessary to deal with whatever happens out in the world. And that's just not possible. We all deal with different levels of stress, anxiety, depression, loneliness, disconnection, small traumas. And so it's understandable that sometimes we need to do different things to cope. And we talk about all the various ways that people cope, whether they go jogging, whether they meditate or they pray or they cook or they get into exercise or they read. And we even talk a lot about things like weighted blankets. Are you familiar with those? That's come up a lot for people with anxiety and weighted blankets have been something that's really helpful for them. And you're just talking about yet another transitional object, you know, something that's a space holder or something that's a long-term coping mechanism. And we shouldn't be using words like childlike or adulthood to determine whether or not something's an appropriate coping mechanism or whether or not something's even just appropriate for us. I think we have to get more rooted in authenticity. And based on who you are and what's happening in your life, this is making sense to you right now. And I think it's phenomenal that you have it. And so I'm glad you found something that works. It's no more appropriate to cuddle your dog or a partner or a pillow. A stuffed animal is just another symbolic form of something that helps you soothe your nervous system and sleep better. And whatever works. Some people they wear um, earplugs and those eye cover things. I have a friend that like completely blackens the room, wears eye covers. Whatever you need to do. I always sleep with white noise, whether it's air conditioning or a fan. And some people don't understand or relate to that, but that's what I do. That's what makes me feel comfortable and safe. And that's really what it's about. So. Love your stuffed animal. Do what you need to do. It doesn't matter. Be better than this cultural idea that as an adult, that shouldn't be something we need anymore. Some people need to sit and eat a pint of Ben and Jerry's to soothe themselves or whatever it is. Do what you need to do. So don't stress over something like that. I often help people try to find whatever it is they need to help soothe themselves. And so you just naturally bumped into something. So yeah, don't worry about it. What's more problem? What's more problematic for me than people that might mock that? That says more about them, right? Um, so anyway, do what you do. You know what I mean? You found something that works for you, so I'm happy you have that. So don't, don't stress about that because it's really about finding authentically and truthful what works for us. So yeah. Um, yeah. DMS slide into our DMS on the love line G page. If you have a question for us, cause that's where these questions come from. Some of you come into my personal DM page and because sadly I'm either at my office or I'm here at the radio station. I'm not always 
able to answer those. So sometimes I will pull those and that becomes our question of the night. So I always do it anonymously and confidentially. So just know that, <laughs> that that's where these kind of show up. And as always, you can give us a call at 1-833-LOVE-001, 833-LOVE-001. Our show is always is podcasted at wearechannelq.com. So go back and listen to those because sometimes you guys slide into my DMs and you ask me about a certain topic and if we've talked about it and the answer is always yes. Why aren't you listening to the show? And I'm not always able to go back and find them for you. Is there any way for people to find them? We, we log in the podcast kind of like key term sometimes, right? Is that with the with the podcast? Yeah, so... Um, like a search? Preferably on radio.com. If you just... Or radio.com app, you can look up Loveline and it's there. It's also on iTunes and... Uh, and there's like a bio for the episode? Like with a yeah, word? yeah. There's okay. all like all of it is dated, and it has like not only the day of the week, but the date and all the information of who's on the show and what oh, topics cool. are covered. So, because I've had people ask me about a specific topic, and I'm like, I don't know how to go back and find that. So it's in there, so they can do the research. Yep, it's all there. You're all adults. I put the research back on you. Ask me about these specific topics. If there's any topics that you guys want to hear on the show, please let us know because it's all about giving you the show and the information that you're looking to have. So circle back. Uh, I will be back tomorrow night 7 p.m pacific standard time at 10 p.m eastern standard time as always thank you for hanging out with me and y'all be safe wash your hands and have an awesome awesome night love line with dr chris on channel q